Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you ultimate control. With the XFi app, you can pause the Wi-Fi at the push of a button. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Welcome to Inspired with Christopher. Join us on our journey together through all of life's triumphs and tribulations. Prepare for an open, honest, and inspiring look at all the questions you may have about your journey through life. Now I present to you, your host for this journey, ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Martin. the latest edition of Inspired with Christopher. With that said, we are on the new home for Inspired with Christopher on Reality Check Podcasting Network. That's right. This show has moved on up like the Jeffersons, baby. That's right. Let's do it in in like the Dusty Boys, baby. All right. So like (laughs) that said, like in all seriousness, um, as you guys have seen on in like my Twitter, that I have a that I have like a 
bucket list, so to speak, of people that I would love to speak to on my show because they have made a huge impact, a, a huge impact on me in one way, shape or form. Uh, and um, which I, which I, 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 I'm so blessed and so grateful that we have a wonderful, wonderful gentleman here from one of my favorite podcasts from the two man power trip of wrestling uh, he is uh, 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 also one third of the tri- of the triple threat podcast which is now on um, the realm network which is part of like the russo brand so ladies and gentlemen please like for less than a buck a week you guys get to hear chad john and shane douglas Speak the truth and just let it fly and hear some of the best, most insightful stuff you will ever hear in all of wrestling for less than a buck a week. But as far as I know now, like the the like the two man power trip show, that is still free. Um, with that said. Welcome, Chad, to my show. I am greatly appreciative of you being here, brother. How are you doing tonight? Oh, man, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the kind words. I mean, the only person who's going to talk like that is either going to be my wife, my daughters, or my mom. Those are the only people that really say those kinds of nice things about me. I don't even think I can get John to say those nice things about me. But, uh, oh, man, I'm really happy to be joining you tonight. I appreciate you including us in your, uh, you know, your, your podcast inspiration. And, uh, you know, just happy to be here and uh, shoot the breeze, as they say. And, yes, the two-man power trip of wrestling is still free until we sell out and then we'll uh, we'll move on to another platform but yeah two man power trips free and the triple threat podcast has moved on to the brand with Vince Russo so yes you are correct fantastic and like with that said like the uh, one thing that like we do have in common is that like we have a love for wrestling um and like uh with you, like, uh, what was it that uh, made you fall in love like wrestling? Like, uh, who who was it? What match was it? Uh, like, just let me know. Like, uh, what l- l- led to your obsession with it, like myself? Oh, man, we got to go all the way back to 1987. I was a uh, young, young, young man, and uh, my uncle used to record the Saturday Night Main Events on NBC, and when I would be with my uncle, we would uh, end up watching them. He'd go out and rent the Coliseum videos, and we'd just watch them from start to finish over and over again, and that just kind of blossomed, you know, the love. And that era, that 1987 to, like, 1992 is my favorite, really, like, just isolated part of wrestling history I, I can watch it any day or night uh but yeah it started it all hulk hogan versus mr wonderful paul orndorff that's my favorite feud of all time my favorite match of all time is hogan and orndorff in a steel cage on network television the highest rated wrestling match to ever be broadcasted on network tv and uh yeah it started it all but you know it's been many many years of having to be invested into the, the wrestling world you know i've obviously have had the chance to work in wrestling now i've had the chance to do the podcast and and talk to so many great uh individuals guys that literally set the uh the, the stones in place for wrestling to be what it is today and uh you know i'm just very uh very fortunate to be in the position that i am 
Awesome. Awesome. And like uh, with that said, uh, we speak about your two partners, uh, John and uh, Shane. Now, like how how did you and John uh, become partners in like the podcasting and 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 like the same goes for Shane? Well, John and I, we met in college. You know, we're talking almost 20 years ago, about 17 years ago, something like that. And, uh, you know, we instantly hit it off. I mean, it was obviously the uh, the wrestling connection and then kind of finding out we had some other things in common. We lived in a really close proximity to one another. We kind of like knew some of the same people. So he and I naturally became friends. And I mean, you know, we had a group of guys that we used to go to shows together all the time. You know, we hosted pay-per-views at people's houses. We used to have all these parties that were all revolving around wrestling. But it wasn't just, you know, one or two people. We'd have six, seven, eight, nine, ten people at a time just all hanging out, watching wrestling and uh, really enjoying it. And we'd take these to the shows and we'd have groups of people tailgating and just really, you know, having a great time. Um, and along the way, you know, we'd go to signings or we'd go to appearances and we kind of, you know, made our way into being around the business a little bit more, getting to know some guys in the business. And we did it all together. So when I moved out of New Jersey and I moved to Virginia, uh, it took about a year before we got the podcast started. But I was just kind of looking for an outlet to talk with my friends again and kind of get it rolling. You know, I didn't really have a, a, a close knit group of people where I lived at that point to watch wrestling or talk wrestling. So I just kind of said to John, like, hey, I got an idea. Let's do this. Originally, we were just going to do pay-per-view reviews or old-school show reviews. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, you know what, let's just try a one-on-one thing. So we shot a few ideas back and forth and ended up interviewing Nigel McGuinness in 2015 when he was promoting a Kickstarter. And I said, you know what, I was like, there's something here with the interviews and that's kind of how John and I got rolling with the interviews. It just took off from there. We focused on that. But our friendship goes back almost 20 years. Now, Shane, Shane, I met in 2016 uh, doing a signing with Kevin Thorne in Virginia where uh, Shane mm-hmm. I just kind of threw somebody I knew to invite him down and let him come and do his thing and uh, you know sign autographs. And we just hit it off. And I ended up doing a show with him later in the night where I literally sat backstage with Shane one-on-one and just we just – talked i mean it wasn't just about wrestling it was about everything and i just knew kind of right there there was a connection between the two of us and it just led to doing more shows with him down the road and finally um 2017 we did a show um in the afternoon in richmond virginia then a, a show later on at night in west virginia and i just said to him i said look i was like i've been waiting to ask you this for months i got an idea for a podcast are you interested and he said yes and I was shocked because oh, wow. he said many people have asked him to do podcasts before and he never liked the pitch, but he knew that we had a cool connection and we didn't, you know, we know how to carry ourselves. And that's what he really liked about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. here we are two plus years, actually almost two years later for the Triple Threat podcast. But, you know, I've known Shane for three and he's uh, he's a great guy. When my uh, my youngest daughter was born, you know, he's given me advice on uh, complicated births and really like stuff outside of wrestling. I think I get more from Shane than I do even inside of the wrestling realm because he's just he's such uh, such a smart guy, such a smart man. And I learn something from him every time we talk. Oh yeah, man, and, and which, which like the thing is, is that uh, for, for, uh, for like the fans that listen to like the uh, like the 
pod like with you and Shane and John, you can tell there's that chemistry there. There is that friendship. And in like that really it's a, it's very infectious. And, um, and in like, the thing is, is that like with Shane, uh, like the main thing that I love about him is that he is so passionate, so honest, and he's a fellow Pittsburghian like myself, which like a uh, Shane for many people like they don't know this. He is from a town called New Brighton, PA. And me, I- I'm literally like a hop, skip and a jump from him uh, where from where I used to live, which is Center Township, which is literally um, a one half mile from the CCBC Golden Dome, where they had the November two Remember show yep. and uh, and like the show back in two thousand three that I went to, which was um, a, a show with uh, XPW, yep. which Shane, which Shane was like the lead booker at the time, right. correct, and and it drives me nuts because, um. With that company, I feel like that it had legs, that it had so much potential, then it just fizzled out, which 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 I know Shane, he really didn't have much to do with it no. because there because there like was legal issues with right. like the main owner. Right. But like um, Shane did a fantastic job with it. And uh, like that very night, it was me, my dad and we saw Shane versus just incredible. And yeah. like it was just like that right there, like that match, that event made me fall in love with like the franchise character. And, and like, the thing is, is that Shane, he's so different from like the rest of like the wrestlers out there because he's no bullshit, nothing but pure honesty. And that's what wrestling needs now because Let's step outside of like the box like a little bit. If we were blunt, blunt and straight up honest with ourselves, especially uh, Stephanie, Vince and Triple H, they would recognize that like the current product, it's stale. God, it sucks. And and they are doing the fans a disservice by not recognizing that they need to step out of like the wrestling bubble and see what's cool again, because they have no freaking clue. And let's say someone like Shane were to walk back into that world and he were to be a a, a booker. Well, a certain Irishman wouldn't let that happen, (laughs) but let's say, that Mr. Paul Levesque would let Shane come in. Yeah. A guarantee, dude, like the ratings would go up because Shane knows how to connect with like the true fans and the casual fans. And, and it's just like, God, it baffles me. Yeah. But, But anyways, um, 
Well, I'll tell you what, before you continue, I'll just say that we'll know that the place down below would have frozen over because it, uh, there is no scenario on, on the planet that, that would ever come to fruition because of uh, that Irishman and the family's control because they do not like the franchise. That is for sure. And I don't know what Shane's uh, – I don't know what his status is with Triple H. I don't know if uh, you know the Shawn Michaels relationship has any play in that as well, but – you know, yeah, you're you're 100 on the money. If somebody like Shane, who still has a lot to offer, who's still out there every week, sees the people that are in the uh, the the arenas now or in the you know the the places that he wrestles, he knows what people want. He knows what the fans want. And uh, you know, I mean, we could sit here all night and talk about how bad you know television wrestling <laughs> is these days. But you know, I know we got if we have a certain amount of time, we don't want to blow it on that because we could go forever. But uh, yeah. They, you know, not that they fear Shane, but they couldn't handle the franchise in the, the current regime. No way, no how. Oh, no, 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 no. And which like the thing is, is that uh, Russo and Shane Douglas as like the two main lead writers, that would be fantastic. That would be a dream team right there. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen because those two gentlemen are like the most. Most hardcore, most most honest guys in the whole entire business and they've been blackballed right. because of that thing called honesty which which Vince McMahon he can't stand that Vince McMahon he likes ass kickers wait 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 ass kissers yeah uh and uh and uh he just needs to step aside and and let people who know what they're doing do their job because you want more proof within the pudding. Look at like the ratings on Monday, another all time low. Yeah. And it's just what in the world are they going to have to do for them to fix it? But right. like, but anyways, um, we, 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 we could talk about wrestling all, all, all night, but like we, we are here like to focus on you, Chad. Now, when it comes to things like marriage and kids and stuff, how did, how, how did you meet your wife? Um, and what's your favorite part about being a dad? I met my wife, uh, 20 years ago in high school. We were sophomores in high school. Uh, we got yeah. married 10 years ago, so 10 years of marriage, 20 years of being together. So it's pretty uh, it's pretty crazy because uh, I'm not that old. So that's uh, that's why that's pretty uh, it's pretty big accomplishment. It's probably obviously uh, on my uh, retirement numbers is probably on the top of that. It's at the top of the list of the 20 year relationship. And, you know, mid upper mid 30s, I'll say I won't uh, I won't give away too much, but. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, being married is awesome, you know, especially our relationship's fantastic. It's, it's always a lot of fun. We spent the whole day together today. Uh, cause she's a teacher. We finished school. So we were able to actually have a day where we could go out and chill and, you know, shop and eat. And just, it was a fun, fun time. But best part about Very being nice. a dad is, you know, everything. I, I have two little girls and for me, somebody who watches baseball, uh, 24 seven, somebody who's into, you know, obviously things like wrestling and other, uh, sport related activities to have two girls is a real reality check because these girls are princesses. They, they're into every aspect of princesses. They're, they're, <laughs> it's glam 24 seven in my house. I have two young daughters. Um, yes. For me, what I've realized is I'm a good girl dad. 
You know, I, I really know how to play with them. I know how to, you know, adapt to their environment, have fun with them in a way that, you know, I know I just know how to make them laugh. And to me, if anything, it's it's making the kids laugh is my favorite part about being a dad, because <laughs> with my kids, it doesn't take much. I mean, I know the little, you know, the little nuances that it takes mm-hmm. to uh, just even crack the, the, the smallest of smiles in the most uh, hellacious situation. So, uh, you know, I can never, ever complain about anything going on on the family side of my life. Awesome, man. And like the thing is, is that like for me is uh, that I have a daughter. Uh, she, she's six, a, a son, a, a, a son that's going to be turning 12 and uh, next month. And and like the thing is, is that like for me, like the greatest blessing, like within my life is being a father as well and like the thing is is that like there's certain days that i am so grateful for my kids and then and then like there's certain days that i just want to drop them off somewhere but at the same time though like they are the main reason why that i live breathe and function and like the thing is is that um when it comes to my son and daughter, yes, I do love them both equally, but I do relate to you when it comes to like the whole thing with like the daughter is because like my daughter, me and her, she is kind of like my mini me, like to where no, 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 no matter what it is, no matter what we're doing, we just have that special daddy daughter thing going on to where like uh we can do as something as something as simple as just watching uh vampirina because she loves vampirina (laughs) and like and like we just have such a wonderful time and like just things like just like the simplest things like just watching stuff with her like just we get season passes to like the water park here in myrtle beach um like the water park is called myrtle waves Uh being able to take her to like the water park every single summer and just like that valuable time I, 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 I cherish it so much. And like the same goes for my son as well. And like, the thing is, is that that ever since like my mom, mom and dad died, like with, with within like the past two years, as crazy as it sounds, that has helped me with being a better dad because it's made me realize that, we don't have a guarantee for tomorrow. So what are you going to do today with the opportunity that you're given? Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. 
Get back to your life with CBD Medic. Available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And for me, when I'm not working, I'm spending time with them because they mean the world to me. So, I mean, I I know like a thousand percent where 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 like you're coming from, and uh, man, I just so so blessed like you are. And um, when it comes to things like with with like your wife, uh, you were speaking about Shane. Um, Shane like was talking to you about like a uh, rough uh. Going through like a rough time with like your wife being pregnant. Um, if you don't mind sharing, I'm because like I, I, I have a story too. Um, what was that about? Like, did she have hyperemesis? No, no, was it was she, basically uh, it was closing in on the last final weeks um, of the pregnancy. Just we, you know, we had the um, the situation where the baby was flipped, you know, and we were kind of preparing for the, 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 the procedure, whatever they do to kind of flip the baby back. And it was just so late in the actual pregnancy that we were a little nervous, you know, about what was going on and just, you know, just general anxiety leading to what would be, you know, eventually, you know, the happy birth and, you know, obviously, uh, <laughs> very fortunate birth because, uh, there's a funny side story, you know, that, that goes with the actual birth. But what Shane did for me was that he, he just, I, when I talked to him the first time and explained to him kind of what was going on, uh, he just sent me a text message that just detailed, you know, like, look, there's rough patches, there's this, there's worry, but at the end of the day, you know, you'll get through things and gave me a, a story about him and his wife um, that was very similar to it and kind of what he did to get through that time and how to support, you know, the wife and how to be there, you know, for her. So as a friend, it was a great, thing for him to be there. It wasn't anything super duper serious. It was rather common, but still just general anxiety with having to deal with p- possible adversity right before the, uh, the actual birth. Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, regardless, like if, like if things aren't going like a 100%, like the way that they should, you get nervous. I mean, because that is your life with your wife and your child. And in like, you just can't just i mean like with me um whenever i first met like my wife um she already had her son which i don't call him a stepson because i don't see him that way but uh my son my son like was three uh whenever like we first met and um within like the first year uh my uh, wife got pregnant three times. So, and like, um, we went through three, three straight miscarriages. And, um, within like the fourth pregnancy, like my wife said to me, sweetie, yes, I do love you to death, but please don't hold this against me. But this is the very last time that I'm going through this for you. And, uh, she, she suffers from a condition called uh, endometriosis, which is scar tissue on her uh, on her um, uh, 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 ovaries, her bowel, and and her rectum. And um, she suffered from a condition called uh, hyperemesis, which is nonstop violent morning sickness 
all day, every day, like for nine months, my, my, my wife would vomit roughly 40 to 50 times per day. And like, um, oh yeah. And like with, with, with like her last pregnancy, we were going to the hospital on a damn near, uh, weekly basis just so she could stay hydrated just so they could keep her alive and like my wife loved me so much that she she said to me sweetie come hell or come high water we are having this baby and like my daughter angel she was born a a month early but she was one of the happiest, one of the healthiest babies that you will ever meet. And like knowing that I had such a strong woman that loved me so much that she did that for me. That's something that I will always love her for. I mean, let's say we go down the road and, and, and like, we don't work out that love will always still be there for that simple fact that she gave me those two great blessings with my son and my daughter. So I'm just saying like, uh, Oh yeah, man. And it's just amazing knowing that we have those women for us that will literally stare death in the face and say, Hey, regardless, we, we love our man more than life itself. And it's right. just so humbling, man. It is so humbling. And it's just, it, 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 once again, it just blows me. Uh, it just blows me away. But uh, when, um, when it comes to things like uh, things like hobbies, like with you, uh, what are you into? Um, which I know you said that you love baseball. So, uh, yeah. what's your favorite team, and uh, what's your favorite moments in, in uh, uh, baseball? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, you can see, I, mean, I got my Mets hat on here. I'm a New York Mets fan. I got my Mets chain on here. You know, nice. from New, from New York, from New Jersey, so it's obviously it's all New York sports based. Uh, just you know, just absolutely live and die by the '86 Mets, the World Championship team. You know, those are the guys I grew up watching. They're, they're, they're obviously the last championship the Mets had, so that's kind of like my go-to uh, sports moment is uh, in 1986. But you know, man, I'm just a general baseball fan. I collect, you know, I still collect baseball cards. I collect, okay. uh, you know, ra- random sports DVDs and, and VHS. Um, you know, I still I collect laser discs. I collect every kind of media you could possibly think of. And, you know, I basically spend the rest of my time working on the podcast. So it's, uh, it's kind of thing where wrestling's really taking a back burner. Uh, I still work a lot yeah. in the uh, the autograph signings and, and the personal appearances. So, again, that's another hobby, I guess you'd say. Uh, I still get a big rush out of setting up a signing and, you know, watching it go through, through basically, you know, booking, uh, execution, and then uh, everybody goes home happy. And, you know, that's really uh, – those are my hobbies, really. I guess you could say it's really baseball, the podcast, and <laughs> – that's really about it, because that's that's about all the time I got in a day besides uh, work, eating, seeing the family, and it's uh, that's about it. It's all she wrote after that. It's uh, it's a okay. a lot of stuff to squeeze into a twenty four hour period. Uh, very very true. And uh, who is your all time favorite ball player? Gary Carter. Gary Carter. Okay. Yeah. okay. Hall of Fame Hall of Fame catcher, catcher for the eighty six Mets. 
uh, passed away a few years ago. Uh, I had the chance to work with him a couple times, had the chance to meet him, you know, a half dozen times. Just, uh, just the epitome of what I looked at as an athlete growing up. He was just a hard-nosed ball player, uh, battled injuries, but was still there every game behind the plate, just taking knocks and, you know, he was a power hitter, carried the lineup. Just the absolute, like, at that point in the, in the 80s, you know, Guys didn't they, they didn't make them like they do now. So these guys, these were re- oh, your no. regular average guys that could be extraordinary athletes. And Carter was my guy growing up. Oh yeah, and like with this era of baseball, uh, if someone gets something as small as a hangnail, they don't play. And yeah. it's just kind of like God, that drives me nuts. And, and like for me. Um, before I lived in Pittsburgh, um, I lived in Baltimore, Maryland. So like um, my dad's company had season tickets to the Ravens and to the Baltimore Orioles. Um, My favorite player growing up, which this is a given Cal Ripken Jr. You talk about right, right. (laughs) Ball. You, you speak about ball players that, that are built like they used to be Cal. He is right up there. Like with Gary, Um, just a solid hard-nosed player made no excuses and he gave a hundred percent each and every ball game oh yeah um like iron man oh yeah yes yes and like the two greatest moments that i've ever witnessed live was i saw the record-breaking game back in 1995 with uh with a cow um whenever he beat uh game record uh like they're facing like the california angels and yep. uh like and like my second best moment was i saw eddie murray he hit like his 500 home run live so nice. i just very nice oh oh yeah oh yeah, yeah and, i got behind and, me back here i got the commemorative plate for cal's uh record-breaking game i got the plate and i have the commemorative ball back uh, on one of the shelves over my shoulder oh, really? like, you probably can't see where the shelf is back there but uh i don't know I, I, even though I'm a Met fan, I still honor, you know, the Hall of Famers, the baseball history. It's uh, baseball 24-7, and not only in this house, but my whole family is baseball. I mean, it's like, you know, when I grew up, I thought that these guys were, like, related to me, the way we talked about baseball players, because it was like, really? it could be Christmas, we're talking about baseball. It could be Thanksgiving, we're talking about baseball. But not just something that happened last yeah. season. We're talking about stuff that happened 20 years ago. Or, and that's how you learn the history of the game is what other people's stories are. And, you know, that was how we were. So I was always in tune to other teams. And, you know, obviously growing up in the 90s, you know, watching Cal break the record. It was a big deal. It was a really big deal. You know, and oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I always respect a guy like like Ripken. And where I live, you know, when I go up 95 back to Jersey, I pass the uh, – the Aberdeen Ironbird Stadium all the time. I see all the Ripken uh, signs as I'm driving up. So, I mean, he's got the stamp in Maryland. He's uh, he's basically the uh, the man, you know, really. He's uh, kind of like a god the there. Best. Yeah, he really is. But it's well-deserved, yeah. man. He's the, he's the best. He did a great job. Now, I mean, I also <laughs> – I've worked in, in places where people didn't like Cal Ripken, so I also saw that side of the argument. Really? Guys, yeah, I worked with a lot of Yankee fans, so Cal wasn't always their favorite guy. So it's uh, it's kind of funny. You see him uh, in that that God state, like I do down here, and you see him as uh, fans not really you know, really digging him that much, saying he's overrated. Wow. Oh yeah. That 
wow. Okay. Okay. Like with me, which I can't stand the Yankees, but one of my all time favorite players is Derek Jeter because I see him in the same. I'm not a a big Jeter guy. It's okay. (laughs) Well, 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 uh, he's a really crappy manager uh, of a team. Terrible. Okay, but like, but as in terms of like a ball player, the greatest shortstop in the history of the Yankees. Um, hey, he's all right. He's okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's, See, it's, true, it's true. funny, and I'll, I'll tell you what, because it's it, the way I look at it from the New York perspective is that when I was obviously growing up, I mean, you know, the Yankees in the '90s were dominating. I mean, the Mets are scratching a claw on the Yankees every year. Boom, World Series. Boom, World Series. Boom, World Series. Beating the Mets in the World Series. Terrible. So guys like Jeter, like it's not that I, I didn't like them. I just couldn't root for them. So That's when I true. moved to Virginia and I'm now on the outside of not being around the Yankee fans and not hearing all the, the stuff that I heard, not that I started to grow an affinity for the Yankees. I just missed New York so much that I started to not hate the Yankees as much as I used to hate them. So yeah. whereas Jeter, I'm still on the uh, not on the thrilled Jeter list. I, the Yankee players now, they don't, I don't hate them. Like, like I grew, like I grew up hating the the nineties dynasty Yankees. Uh, but Jeter, yeah, he's a terrible general manager or owner, not even general manager, the owner. Oh yeah, man. And like, the thing is, is that like the uh, Marlins, uh, um, uh, one of my all time favorite teams was like the 1997 Marlins. And like, I mean, Nothing, but I mean, you had like a bunch of Hall of Famers on, on that team, and like within like one year, like they completely dismantled the whole entire team. Yeah, and and uh, and um, speaking of like uh, like the Mets and everything, Mike Piazza before he went to like the Mets. Yeah, what w- w- was a Marlin for a week? Yeah, pit stop. Yep. Yep. And which I, which I have a, uh, Florida Marlins card, uh, uh, of his, that is one of my most valuable cards. Yeah. Because it's so rare. And, yeah. Not uh, many, not many. They, there was a couple that snuck through, but not, uh, they didn't have time to, uh, sew the name on the back of the Jersey. He was gone so fast after, uh, stopping by. But I mean, if you go back in that time frame, it, everybody knew he wasn't going to, Sign right away with L.A. Now, when he got traded to the Mets, eventually nobody thought he was going to stay in New York after the season was over. It just so mm-hmm. happened that they finally started to make a little bit of a playoff push at the end of 98 that really made the franchise kind of turn the corner. But, you know, they also threw ninety one million dollars at him, which at the time was the highest you know, grossing contract in the history of the game. Now that's been surpassed, you know, like twenty five times. But um, Piazza's stop in Miami. Everybody forgets about that. You know, very short, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. hey, on a Hall of Fame uh, plaque, it's going to say Florida Marlins, nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight. Excuse me. Yep, yep, and like, and and like the thing is, is that like with him, um, I uh, he is my all time favorite catcher. Um, just you talk about like the hard nose old school player mike was like the definition uh, uh, of that him and uh him and uh pudge rodriguez those were like my two favorite catchers so yeah. but um 
when it comes to things like the baseball cards, like like you're talking about, what is like your most valuable card that you you own? You know, I don't know. It's a hard one to really. I can't rattle that off the top of my head because I don't really collect the cards for value. And and again, I stick with mostly collecting the Mets. So uh, you know, when you come to the Met cards, there's not that much in terms of value. Uh, You got your Nolan Ryan rookies. I don't have that. You have your Tom Seaver rookies. I don't have that one either. Um, I, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I, <laughs> I just got a shitload of them. Sorry, I, you, to excuse my language. I, I have, there's a no, ton of them floating around down here in the basement with me. Um, but, you know, something I did as a kid and I took a break from. But again, you know, when, when I moved, I just kind of embraced it again to kind of bide my time and just find something to do just as a hobby to pick it up. You know, I'll read and I'll collect baseball cards. It's like two things that I really find myself doing. Okay. Now, are you more of like a a, uh, a, a, a Amazon Kindle guy, or are you more of going to the bookstore and physically holding the books? Oh no, you know we got to get the books. That's like, and that's an edict down from my wife because she's. I mean, my wife is like she's the avid reader. I mean, she goes through books. You know, I don't even know she what the name of it is, and she's done with it already. Uh, <laughs> but no, there's nothing that beats actually holding the book. Still, you know, I don't. That's old school at this point or what? But nothing beats the book. I've got so many that I haven't read. You know, that we've gotten over the years or we where we've had, you know, given to us as gifts just by doing the show that I haven't gotten to yet because we have so many. But there's nothing that beats a good book at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like um, what's your favorite genre of books? And like uh, what is a book that let's say you were um you, you were on a, a deserted island and you and you had like to pick a book what would it be well i i really only like to stick to biographies uh sports yeah. obviously baseball wrestling being the two i mean i read an old school football book every so often um my favorite book of all time, and this is going to be very, very Markish, very Mark sounding, is Bret Hart's book. I mean, it is the book. I've reread it probably four or five times. Um, it's big. I don't know if you've ever read it. It is a it's about uh, five, six hundred pages. It's uh, it's so well written. It's so well recalled by Brett that you could go and check stuff that he's talking about as it's kind of happening in the book. Mm-hmm. And he's dead on. He took notes for years getting the book together. So that book is the book I would take with me anywhere. I mean, it is like, I haven't reread it in about maybe, I don't know, maybe five or six years. Um, but there were times if I was working overnights on a job, I'd always have that book with me just to either read a chapter again or go back and check something out. Uh, that is the book that I could say, you know, nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, if somebody said, gun to your head, put a, you got to go read a book right now, I'd just grab Brett's and I'd go sit down and, and I'd get as far as I can in one sitting. Okay, okay. Um, like for me, um, I, I, I'm i very markish with like the wrestling books as well. Uh, like my two favorites were um, the biography of, uh, of Hardcore Holly which was an extremely good book um yeah. and that and uh not 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 like the newest one by jericho but like the one 
Pryor, uh, where like uh, he was speaking about like his run from 2007 through I think right, it was 2010. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's the only one I uh, have. Which the last like, two I haven't read of his. Yeah, yeah, and like with uh, Jericho, he is my all-time all favorite wrestler because, like, in my opinion, nobody reinvents themselves like Jericho and no yeah. one can e e e evolve like Jericho. Yeah. And um and it's so amazing and that like you have so many of these um AEW fans that that are saying, "Oh yeah, thanks to Young Bucks and thanks to um Cody and thanks to Omega, they sold those tickets." With all due respect jericho sold a lot of those tickets yeah so i mean it, it, because like in my like in my opinion like the man he, he is a genius and he, he's timeless yeah and um and uh and uh like uh one of like my all-time favorite moments like with him was like the night that he debuted and he sparred with the rock yeah. like the verbal sparred man it's such a classic moment which like um there's like a lot of fans that won't like this but vince russo he helped write that promo yeah and and uh and uh speaking of speaking of geniuses <laughs> vince, vince russo and and um which I'm going to do like a little transition here, and and Chad, which I don't know if you've heard my story, but I'm gonna be straight up honest with you, brother. Um, right after my father passed away, I was dealing with a very bad bout of depression, which led me to, um, me literally hanging myself um thankfully by the grace of god like the paramedics like they came in time um i was in a nut house like for three days and then literally two or three days after i got out the first podcast that i ever listened to was yours it was yours wow. with the uh, yours with vince russo um, and like the crazy part about it is that through that, through you guys doing your great work and through Vince, God spoke to me through that. And that led me to become a brand member. And like that led me to start listening to a, a show like from Vince called that's life. Yeah. Uh, and like, uh, through that, that made me realize that regardless of my depression regardless of like my speech impediment like my uh, neck and back issues whatever that i'm meant for great things that i am special that i'm unique that i'm a beautiful person and that i'm not meant to just float through life and do nothing and be happy with it. Okay. Vince, he encouraged me for me to step out of my comfort zone. Something that the WWE 
they need to take notes with that. Um, <laughs> it all comes back and, to how bad they are. I love that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And, and, and like through that, that led me to figure out a, a way for me to vent my, me, my depression. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. <sighs> And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And like uh, Vince, he inspired me. No pun intended. Yeah, to uh, <laughs> yep, <Get> yep. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Uh, but uh, but no, like uh, he, he inspired me to start my own podcast. And like within like a few months, um, Vince had me on. <laughs> he uh. Vince put me on his YouTube uh, network, and um, that led me to uh, speaking with a gentleman by the name of um, Mike Durband, which I don't know if you know who that is, but uh, he is a part of like the Russo brand as well. And right. through Mike, and uh, through Mike, that led me to meeting John Wangland. And uh, John heard John heard like my podcast, and John said, "Hey, man, you really, really have something special here. We want you on our network." So, like that led me to becoming like a family member on like the reality check. Uh, network and John said to me let me know who you want who you want to speak with and which I was thinking to myself you know what which I could speak to like a lot of different wrestlers and and like just mark out or let me speak to people that that have made a, a huge impact on me that have literally really helped me in my life and chad whether you you realize it or not you and john you, you guys have done that for me so thank you so much oh, man, no, that, that means a lot i appreciate it it's very uh, very touching it's uh yes. you know not something you hear every day you know especially when you put out the shows that we put out you know you put them out in the world you don't know who's going to listen to them and uh i'm very fortunate to know that that you that it helped you, man. It really means a lot to say that. I, I, I mean, I'm kind of taken back by it. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's uh, it's so, very nice to hear, and I'm glad we could. But you know, I'll tell you, look, everybody goes through bad times. I myself, 
I've had rough patches. You know, I've been up and down many, many times like a yo-yo. There's there's times where you're on top of the world and there's times where you're on the bottom of the hill scratching and clawing to get where you need to go. You know, I, I don't talk about it that much because I don't ever like to make the shows about me. And I think that's something you would know when you listen to us. There's never, yeah. ever a time where John and I put ourselves ahead of the interviews. Uh, but I did work for the WWE very briefly in 2006. Really? Yes, I did. And I left a really good job working for Howard Stern uh, to go work in the WWE. And uh, the pay stunk. The hours were long. And I didn't like it. And uh, after I left the WWE, I uh, I didn't work in television for years. It took me probably, let me see, about five or six years to get back into broadcasting and television. Because I was so beat up by being disappointed by my experience that I was soured not only to wrestling for a little while, I got over that, um, mm-hmm. but rebounding and getting back to where I needed to be career-wise took forever. You know, and I took yeah. jobs I hated. I took jobs that, you know, didn't last. They they were not stable. Um, you know, even being let go from a job before uh, my young, my older daughter was born, you know, but you got to find a way to kind of see the greener pastures and, Make your way there, and it's it can be tough, especially when I moved. I, I took a job down where I work now uh, on a whim, just took a chance, and it was the right move. Yeah. And, and my life literally changed just by kind of going outside my comfort zone and leaving an area that I grew up in and you know had many, many connections, many, many friends uh, to go to an area where it was the complete opposite of where I grew up, and it was tough. And for the first year, it was bad. It was not a good time, but we managed to deal with it. You know, we had pitfalls, but, you know, it just it, it's the I always <laughs> I like to use the Rocky Four uh, song, but it's the measure of a man. You know, you, you see the, the inside of yourself and that ten- the tenacity and what you got inside the fire in the belly. It starts to kind of push you forward and you just can't let the bad stuff hold you back, man. You just got to trudge through the bad stuff and and you'll end up on the good side. So I, you went through a bad time and I'm glad that we were there to help you. I really am. And I, I will share that with John. I will let him know. Cause I'm sure he'll feel the same way. You know, we do this. It takes up a lot of time and he and I for being as friendly as we've been for 20 or so years, man, we have been at each other's throats when it comes to certain things, because it is a, a, a very, very hard thing to put a show like this together. The fact you got something out of it and it helped you in a bad time, man, it makes it all worth it. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like, um, speaking of that, um, what is, uh, what are your favorite podcasts? Like, uh, shows that you get, a lot of enjoyment or um, a- 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 inspiration out of. <laughs> well, I I got to use somewhat of a of a canned answer of I don't get a chance to listen to many anymore because I'm always okay. focused on what's going on with ours. Um, I obviously do listen to stuff that's going on on the brand. I listen to Castrate in the Marks. I listen to the Raw and SmackDown review. I uh, listen to uh, Lions, Tigers, Bears, and Disco. I listen to that. Um, mm-hmm. I've listened to the conspiracy horseman. I'll throw that one out there, uh, as well. I, I gotta tell you, it's really, it's hard. I, there's a comedian named Jim Florentine. Um, we've actually had him on the show a couple of times. 
He's mm-hmm. a Jersey guy. I mean, when I listen to him, I feel like I'm back on a bar stool back in Jersey because uh, it's exactly the kind of humor I'm into was the kind of sarcastic uh, stuff that, you know, basically uh, either my friends and I are talking about or I'm talking about with my wife. So it's the kind of thing that that's really it. It goes between Florentine, some of the Russo shows. I have to listen to our own stuff just to make sure it sounds okay. Uh, man, there, I, I don't want to be one dimensional. So let me just try to figure if there is something else here. Uh, I used to listen to the Gilbert Gottfried podcast. Uh, very, very funny. He, he interviews a lot of classic actors and Gilbert Gottfried, <laughs> he, he knows so much about movie history and, and old time Hollywood that that is one that it always fascinated me, but that one just, it took up too much, too much of the listening hours that I, I haven't gotten back to that in a while, but I, I basically yeah. try to stay in, in a comfort zone of, uh, you know, I hit, hit a little bit of the wrestling baseball. I just throw on the app for uh, WFAN in New York. And I just dial into the old New York stations because I, the serious coverage, I don't really like it. I don't really care to hear about what's going on in Milwaukee, you know, or San Diego. I don't really care about that. I like to listen to the New York sports. So that's really it, man. You know, it's kind of, uh, okay. I use the it's the canned podcasting answer. Well, I don't have a lot of time to listen to anybody else's shows. That's what because we I get asked a lot. You know, can you listen to this show or can you do this? Can you do that? It's hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's oh, not. Yeah. I'm not. We are not a big entity. We are not like you know the Walmart of podcasting. But you know what we are. We have a lot of time consumed into our product, so it's hard to branch out. That's that's one thing I can say. Oh yeah, and like the thing is, is that uh, John uh, John Wangland, uh, he's kind of taking me uh, under like his wing, and he's showing me like the um, ins and outs of podcasting. And you're right, uh, like it, that it's so time consuming, and that like um, and and that like you want to sit down and get like a break, but like. But as soon as like, let's say um, you, you you can you you think to yourself, wait a second, like that one thing that I could add to it, like that one thing that I could take away, like to make it better. I mean, just like your mind is constantly going on ways that you can make your show better, and uh, which which I greatly admire that. Because you and John have the interview uh, format down to a T when it comes to like the two man like like the two man power trip show. And um, speaking of that, uh, how okay? Who who is your all time favorite interview, and who? was your most difficult we just talked about this on our episode 400 that just published this past week with double a r anderson um but i i gotta say john and i are probably (laughs) ironically on the same uh wavelength when it comes to it i would put jerry lawler up there as maybe the number one because he was as advertised he was he was funny he was engaging uh he gave us every answer that we needed he didn't hold anything back that was probably a great one just because it was like I felt like we were, you know, right next to him in the commentary booth. He was so comfortable with us. Um, 
the Dusty Rhodes interview, obviously, that that holds a real special place in our hearts in the show's history. Uh, it really it just put us on the map at a very early time, uh, led to a lot of great things that if you really if you can find it, if you can listen to it, um, because it is under the ownership of a certain company in Connecticut, uh, the the interview itself Dusty predicts the future and he says, you know, you don't I don't know where you guys are going to be in in two years. I don't know what you're going to be doing, but you could be doing something great. So we like to take big dusts, uh, you know, see in the future and, and kind of put that in a real special place in the podcast history. Um, I loved our interview with David Arquette that we did. Uh, really, mm-hmm. David Arquette's first foray back into wrestling was through our show. Um, but th- those are the big names. There's a lot of unsung heroes. You know, I, one that I don't think anybody can even find anymore was Jacques Rougeau. Back in 2015, our first year, amazing. Yeah. He put us on notice. He he plays a trick that I've heard him do with other interviewers, where he tells you you're you're late and you're out of time, and you got to get it through in this you know short window. And mm-hmm. man, we did an hour and a half with him, and it was just you were on your feet. You had to be quick with your questions and quick with your answers, and that's one of my favorites. I, it's hard to say one. It, it really is. The bad ones, I really, there are a few that stand out. I don't want to bury anybody shooting. I don't want to be that blunt. I will give one name that yeah. I will say was not very good. Um, and it's it, it's hard. I'm trying, actually, now, now I'm going to censor myself. Hang on, I'm going to give you a different one. I'm not going to say the one I wanted to say. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what? Why don't you name their finishing move? And then like we'll just go from there. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 would that be way too obvious? It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It would be way too obvious. Uh, oh, what I'll crap. say was really bad was Brad Maddox. I, I was not a fan of Brad Maddox. Uh, yes. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he was uncomfortable with the interview. Uh, that's one that John and I kind of always point to the one that we think is the worst one in history. Maybe I'll tell you off air, but I don't, I don't want to say okay. it on air cause it's, uh, it will be a little controversial. I don't, um, I don't want to say that. And it's nobody, it's nobody that you would think off the top of your head. It's just, I don't want to put that, uh, out there in the world. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like that's fair. But and, that's uh, why, let me, let me just interject. That's why we've lasted as long as we have. And that's why we have friends across the business because we don't, air our stuff out there the stuff that goes on on twitter people want to rip us people whatever we don't respond to it we don't actively engage in that because that's what keeps the longevity going we have our own separate world 
we don't engage with the rest of it. We have there's nobody else on the planet Earth of wrestling that can work with Jim Cornette one weekend and then the next week appear on Vince Russo's network as a featured show. It's not happening. Okay, how are you able to pull that off? It's just we're professional. I mean, that that's all I can say. We don't have any agendas whatsoever when it comes to dealing when that's the opposite of what goes on in wrestling and i can tell you that i've seen that underbelly and it ain't pretty okay it's not the wrestling is a very cutthroat world uh and obviously like i said i've worked in the wwe i've seen it i've seen it go on uh from a production standpoint i've seen it going on in the signing world i've seen it going on at shows uh it's very cutthroat we keep our noses clean. We stay out of trouble. And that is what the longevity of the show is. And that's how we continue to get guests is because we're professional. Okay. And um, how how did you guys come up with the uh, – with, with like the TMPT con? Like uh, what – like was a concept for that? Who thought about that? And like how um, – how okay okay wait, wait, hold on a who thought about that and how was it executed i mean like just let me know like sure. uh be, be be because i know that uh, that's something that you and john are very very passionate uh, uh, about so like yeah. just let me know about that Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've worked in the sports memorabilia world for 20 years or less 19 years, you know, right out of high school. I started working for a sports memorabilia company. So I got Mm -hmm. tied into the world of, uh, you know, autographs and and signings and, you know, uh, the collectibles, something I've always had an interest in and collected myself. But, you know, actually getting to work in it at a young age just taught me the tools of the trade. And and it's always something that I've done. It's always been a side thing. the way TMPT Con came into the real world is that there was a show that was taking place in Richmond, Virginia in 2017 uh, that was called the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Expo or Sports Expo, something like that. Um, we had just started really being active vendors at signings and bringing in a guest and what we do with the guests is we pair them with the podcast we promote them on the podcast they do the interview we do the signings with them it's a win-win tmpt con was the brainchild of basically me in desperation uh because yeah so what happened was is two weeks before this mid-atlantic sports expo which we were supposed to host a dinner featuring you know demolition and i believe Cornette and like you know insane amount of legends supposed to be at the show and we were going to be the MCs. well the event was canceled just out of the blue really out of the blue uh turns out there was a a real shady deal going on there was really never any money secured people were promised flights that were never paid for It, it was a nightmare but John and I kind of let the dust settle for like a day or two and realized, well, we still are committed to work with Arn Anderson on this show. And what are we going to do? Call Arn Anderson and say, yeah, by the way, you were going to make X number of dollars this weekend. Now you're going to make zero number of dollars. Like it wasn't going to happen. We, we couldn't do that. We didn't want to make us look stupid and we didn't want to burn a bridge with, with double a that quickly. So basically what I had done is I had, uh, 
just jumped on the horn, started calling places in Richmond, asking if they would give me space. Give me your bar. Give me your courtyard. Give me your back tables. Give me something. And I reached out to all the other vendors that were supposed to be at the show and was able to secure a few of them that made their way to Richmond as planned. And we had an outdoor show, no name, um, at a bar in Richmond, Virginia with uh, Arn, uh, J.J. Dillon, uh, Shane, uh, which actually that's the same day we created the Triple Threat podcast. Um, the Hebners, uh, Ron Simmons, and um, maybe Gary Michael Capetta. I think that was it. But uh, basically, after that, oh, Jillian Hall. That was the other name who was there. Very and, uh, Yeah, yeah, very, very good, very good. Uh, she's got great. I mean, she's got some great stories. That, that's that's for damn sure. Uh, anybody who was in those OVW classes that she was in, I could listen to them talk for days because they they saw it all. Uh, but basically, we saw after that show, we had something. The Richmond fan base is awesome. They are just they're so knowledgeable about wrestling. They're so passionate and they're nice. They're good people. The, the, the people we've met since we've started working in Richmond has been life changing. Um, just it's it's a blessing. It's a really all it was. But it was because we acted fast and we did TMPT Con 2 the next year with the uh, with the Outsiders and Eric Bischoff. We did an after party show with Bischoff. That was just unbelievably fun. Um, you know, and it was very successful. I mean, it was just it, it's it's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of money you got to put into it. It's a lot of time. I mean, you hear on the shows how much we have to promote it. Um, it's 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 a chore, but it's a fun chore. And this year, TMPT Con 3, we worked with Cornette and we did a Midnight Express reunion. And, and again, it was just it was another just great experience. And it's all I could go back to was being 17, 18 years old, working in a sports gallery, you know, and having the idea of Very wanting nice. to do shows down the road. And, you know, I always say I'm an idea guy. I can give you the idea, you know, I can work on the execution, but I need other parts. And that's where John and I work so great together is that John fills in the spots that maybe I can't hit perfectly. You know what I'm trying to say? Like he's, Uh he's really the guy he's facilitating the phone calls. He's facilitating the, the actual venues. You know, I'm the rest of it. I do all the designing. I do all the promo shots. I do all the, the rest of it. Um, but it's just something that, yeah, we're very passionate about it because it's something that means a lot to us. And it's made quite the stamp. You know, it's made a really actually uh, David Arquette. He he did an appearance for us there, too, after he did our interview because we had hit it off so well. So uh, it's been a great, great, great part of my life the last three years. Very nice. Very nice. And like uh, such a wonderful story. And, and like the thing is, is that which I think what you were trying to say is that uh, when it comes to like the wrestling business, John, he is the yin to your yang. Uh, yeah, he. Yes, yes. So, uh, now, um, when it comes to things like um, like uh, music, OK, uh, what are you into? Are you in, like the rock, rap, hip hop, country? What tickles your fancy? Just rock. Just rock. My rock. wife my wife calls it old man rock, even though it's like eighties <laughs> and nineties. And I'm like, we talk about old man rock. I'm like, that still sounds good. <laughs> like it's not old man anything. So yeah, rock, you know, Aerosmith's my favorite band of all time. So, you know, just okay. 
Very simple in that regard. I, I mostly listen to a lot of talk. If I was going to put on the radio, I put on talk radio. That, that's really the way I go. I mean, that's what I studied. You know, that's what I went to school for was was talk radio and just that side of the business. But uh, yeah, rock, rock. I actually like oldies too. I'll throw in some oldies if I if I have to. <laughs> nice. But now oldies nice. is the eighties and nineties. So I mean, I guess I I'm just maybe it is old man rock. Maybe she's onto something. You know, maybe she's right. She usually is. So that goes without saying. Well, well, um, well. Uh, speaking, uh, speaking of like the nineteen eighties rock, um, my mom and dad like they raised me on like the nineteen eighties hair metal. Um, my godfather was the former lead singer of a of a Firehouse, which I don't know if you ever heard of them. No, but, never uh, heard of Firehouse. No, uh, but like they, but like they had like a couple of big records back in like the late eighties to the um or, or early nineties. Right. And uh, and which 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 like another fun fact is that uh, my um like the big reason why that that I fell in love with like the wrestling business so much was that I have family within the business. Uh, like he's not alive no more. Uh, he, uh, which it's actually been over like a decade, but, um, ah, crap. Andrew Martin, um, test. Yeah. He is my cousin. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, so uh, he is the main reason why that I fell in love with the business, and uh, you sp- and and, uh, and uh, you speak about like the most su- successful uh, time period in in like the history of wrestling with the um, a- Attitude Era. Test was a unsung yeah. hero, absolutely. Where where like uh, you uh, one of one of like the biggest storylines ever within that era was the Stephanie test yeah. marriage. Right. No, you're and, right. And, and like test was one of like the moving parts that helped triple H turn full blown into the game. Right. Which like, right. and, uh, and which like, um, a, a lot of people don't give, um, a, a, a Andrew like the credit that he deserves. So right. I'm just saying, um, yeah, no, you're right. No, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I agree. He was definitely a big player for, for a number of years. You know, he got a lot of chances to, uh, restart it too. They always seem to have a lot of faith in him. When I was there in 06, I think he was either on his way back or he was injured, but Whenever he got to ECW again, when ECW relaunched, that was like that was the last chance that they had with him. And they always gave him the opportunities. And, you know, just knowing that how he passed away, it's just it's it's sad. It's very sad because he really that 99. A lot of people, you're right. A lot of people don't give him the credit. In 99, you know, there's a match that he had with Triple H that probably was one of the more. I wouldn't say the best match. It was one of the most exciting because it looked like at that point when Triple H was in his reign of terror, Tess was going to sneak a win in and win the title from him during the midst of that storyline. And it was just, it was very cool. Yeah. Tess definitely unsung hero of the business, no doubt. And, um, which, which like a lot of people don't know this, but Andrew's all time favorite match was versus Edge back in back at the Survivor Series. Survivor Series 01? Yep. 
the uh the uh title unification yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. And um he he had like a big role that night where yeah. uh, he first won like the battle royal. Yeah. Then he uh wait, wait hold on hold on. No, he loses the title and he beats up Scotty Too Hotty and he enters the immunity battle royal and he wins the battle royal. Yes, yes. So and like um which 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 I like, think is is that, that I was very very proud of him, but he did struggle with drug abuse um yeah. which that was a nasty side of it um salma that was a very common drug back then uh yeah, salma yeah. uh valium uh he was addicted to percocets and this is not a big secret he had a big a- a- affinity for human growth hormone yeah um which actually that's partially what got him fired from um ECW and that and uh that's what got him fired from from uh, from a short stint working in uh TNA right so yeah but yeah, no, uh, no. he's great, man. And I've heard and I've heard stories about him from guys that, you know, knew him. And, you know, they always put him over. Always said great things about him. It's just it's, uh, you know, it's a shame. It's a, it's a dark side of the business. You know, that's for that's for damn sure. And there's there's people like Shane, you know, who were able to overcome the issues that they had. And, you know, obviously some guys still deal with them. You know, we we John and I broke in, quote unquote, broke into the business. uh Years ago, 2003, uh, we always joked saying carrying Just Incredible's bags and uh, <laughs> Just Incredible PJ. He's had his issues over the years, uh, but it's one of those you never judge a book by its cover. Just because somebody's down, man. PJ is the nicest guy uh, still to this day. You know, always a big hug. Always tells you, you know, so many positive things when you talk to him and whenever i see he's down you know i send him a message and he's just a guy that i'm always rooting for and whether those demons come back or not you know i know pj's strong he'll take care of it so i've seen different sides of the business and different sides of that you know unfortunate part of it but a guy like pj man still continues to battle but he's kicking ass right now i'll tell you that much oh yeah man and like with uh, pj uh just Back to what I was saying earlier, uh, when I uh, went to like that wrestling event back in Pittsburgh, whenever he like was facing Shane, that was one of the biggest moments within like my childhood. And like that right there made me a fan of his. And looking back at like his work in um, ECW, um, then he's coming into like the WWF. he was a poorly and criminally underutilized. Yeah. And, and it baffles me because like the man, he has so much to offer. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, I'll kind of, if you want, I can kind of, I'll give you an idea of what happened. So basically, so, you know, that was before I knew him, but if you go back to that time frame after ECW closes, uh, he he debuted a little bit before ECW folded, I believe. I, I'm almost positive. I remember I used to work with somebody that was friends with his wife, um, 
when I worked, I worked at a Target in New Jersey and a friend of his wife's worked at the Target with me and said they were going to Raw that night because it was at the Meadowlands. And they said, you know, PJ was debuting, which is it's actually kind of funny that I knew this before I knew him. But they said he was debuting. He was going to make an impact. If you watch that night, he debuted, man. He comes in. He lays out. I, I can't. It might have been Jericho with a chair, man. He takes his head off. And the problem was, because X-Factor was a great little group that he was in. The problem was was that WCW was purchased, and there was way too many guys that were brought into the fray. Before WCW was brought back in as the alliance, X-Factor was starting to get a little bit of a push, a little bit of momentum. It's just that Mm -hmm. they fell victim to too many guys being on the roster. Because of PJ's relationship to, you know, the Click and Triple H and Shawn Michaels, he probably would have seen some really good success had ECW not fully closed and had WCW not closed. So I think the only problem was there was way too many people in the mix. And down the road before PJ was released, ultimately, he was being used to groom guys, which is uh, somebody like him. That's a credit to him that they looked at him as a guy who could work with the up and coming big stars. One of his final matches in WWE was against Batista. So go figure. One of Batista's. Yeah, one of Batista's first matches on Raw post Deacon Batista after all that was against Just Incredible, one of PJ's final matches in the company. Um I believe up to that point. So yeah, man, he just got a raw deal because there was too many guys. That's that's the problem. And like, uh, and like the thing is, is that like with him, um, then he went in like the TNA, which I thought they used him like a a little bit better, but like he he still got lost in like the shuffle because like they, they were trying to do what, what was the group? Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. With with they brought him in and like their first, uh, like the first anniversary show. Yeah. Um, it was him, Sandman, um, and like uh, Saturn. There were like a few other guys, and yeah. like they, 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 they like were basically doing the extreme wrestlers gimmick to where yeah, like yeah. they were the invaders and crap like that. Yeah. And sorry, but I wasn't a fan of that. And I think it, because that's been beat to death and I don't, and like well, uh, at that point, early TNA, they needed to do whatever they could to get the eyeballs. Um, and, yeah, it wasn't the best use of that. At that point, the ECW retread hadn't really been in full force because those guys were still really active. You know, those guys were still pretty much key cogs in the wheel. If you remember at that point at TNA, Shane was in the main event every week. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From the kids to Aunt Sue, keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Learn more about Gig Speed Internet or other popular plans now with even more speed. Enjoy faster downloads and a better streaming experience today. 
Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store for a great offer. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Because he was... Shane, I, I've been saying that a lot on the show lately. Shane is Ambrose or Moxley. What he is now, that was Shane when WCW closed. Shane was the guy. So when all the ECW guys are starting to filter out of WWE, they were going to TNA. And what, what were they going to do with them? So they kind of sandwiched them all together because that was the easiest thing. You know, Raven was still a top guy. Shane was a top guy. So they had Sandman. They had Saturn. They had uh, PJ. You know, they, they had guys that could still go. But what are you going to do with them at that point? So they just kind of lumped them all together. And it was what it was. I believe we were with him at a show after he had done his impact or TNA debut. And I think he kind of knew it wasn't going to really be anything too crazy. Um, yeah. But, you know, look, he's, he's had a hell of a career still, still going. Uh, uh, yeah, man. And um, just uh, one of, one of like my favorite memories, like with him was uh, it was right before like the company closed. It was a ladder match. Um, I think it, it was it like their second to last pay-per-view. Uh, it was Justin, and I think he, he was facing the Sandman. Yeah, and, I know what I'm. I'm a little foggy. I can't remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like uh, that, that like was one of like my favorite matches with him. And like the thing is, and it's just like the whole thing like with him, Don Marie, uh, Lance Storm. Yeah. Like that whole package was fantastic, and yeah. that would have been awesome if the d- 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 WWE would have done the same. Right. But I don't know. I it same crap. Different day. Hey, but, man, no, I just man. watched something from the invasion, and people would kill for that to be on uh, Monday nights. And the invasion was looked at as a botched uh, move. But the invasion is like Shakespeare compared to what they yeah. put on television now. Um, there's a lot of people that won't like me for saying this, but I didn't think the, the invasion w- was as bad as people make it out to be. I thought it was good. It was good. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't get Hogan, Flair, Luger. We didn't get the bigger stars. But still, though, I mean, we were. We got people that became bigger stars from it, Uh, like uh, like like the one person like that really sticks out is uh, Shane Helms. Uh, That really helped him skyrocket to where he became like in my opinion one of like the greatest cruiserweight champions of all time yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean yeah man it like put, it put booker t in the immortal class you know booker t was just a you know above above average in the main event guy but wasn't always looked as the top guy and look what it did to booker t now he's one of the all-time oh yeah, oh, yeah. oh yeah and like and like but at, but at like same time though there's like certain wrestlers like that fell through the cracks um one of one of like my favorite shows that you've ever done uh you and john it was with sean stasiak yeah oh, that's a great one yeah he, 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 he he's got such a wonderful story and it's sad how they misused him like the like the man had wrestling running through his blood 
Yeah. And they completely dropped the ball with him and they made him look like a moron and which that's similar to like right now, like with Bo Dallas, look at, look at freaking Curtis Axel. I mean, just these people that are just naturals and they don't know what to do with them. And it's just it's in the blood. Yeah, man. And it just gets me wondering what in the world are these guys doing booking wrestlers if they can't even get this right? Yeah. But at the same time, though, still, though. But no, man. Um, back to you, though. I, sorry, man. Like, we uh, keep going off to, like, these little wrestling tangents, <laughs> which, like, the pattern here, like, uh, as you fans can hear, is that we love wrestling. All right. But anyways, um when it comes to like your childhood, um, what were some important core values that were instilled in you that you have brought with you like your whole entire life? Like whether like from like your mom, dad, both, what are some things like some great memories, like some great values that your mom and dad like gave you a hundred percent respect off the top you know always respect the other person um just always give them the chance to kind of say their piece if they're wrong let them be wrong if they're right you know then you got to take it and go with it uh you know just just listen you know respect and respect and listen that's really it that's all you can do um that's kind of what I do with the girls. You know, I just tell them we're in somebody else's house. You respect their rules. You know, we're playing with other kids. You respect their their property, respect their toys. You know, always be conscious of the other individual because you don't want to be selfish. Uh, you don't want to make it about yourself. You just you want to be able to share. Share the, the I don't know, share the breathing space with somebody else. It's just always about helping the other person and kind of like incorporating them. It, it, it's always thinking first with the other people. I really say that's it. It's my dad's military. Uh, you know, my, my dad's a very, uh, very strict, strict guy. Um, it, when I was growing up, he was a, you know, not action speak louder than words, but the silence spoke louder than words because he was a very, when he worked, he was very, very quiet guy as i've grown older he's not as quiet as used to be he's more open but it's all about respect and i always respected that about him and as a as an older guy now i can say i respect that even more now because you know it's made me who i am that's again it goes into the podcast it's respecting everybody everybody might have a different opinion about so and so or whatever but if they didn't do anything to me i can't say i have anything against them very nice. I like that. Uh, which um, me and you, we kind of have that connection too, where um, both of like my grandfather served. Uh, they were Vietnam veterans. My father served. Uh, he got a um, honorary medical discharge, and and like right now, my brother, he, he's currently a seventeen-year veteran of the Navy. So I mean, just like that that military style strict but fair um simple things like you get what you you give and you treat others like the way that you want to be treated it's uh it um it uh 
yes, it does sound simple, but there's a lot of people that find it difficult for, for them to do that. But unfortunately, that's somewhat due to somewhat questionable upbringing. So, I mean, which we can go into like a huge, huge tirade over like the modern era with kids and stuff like that, which drives me bonkers. But all I know is that I can teach my kids what what I know best and pray that they benefit from that. So, I yeah. mean, you got to play Pac-Man. That's all you got to do. You got to eat all the bad stuff in front of them. Keep them clear, clear the path. You play Pac-Man yes. with them, then you'll be all set. That's really you oh, got to yeah. look at that. Oh, yeah. And um, are you a fan of, of video games? No, not a video game guy. I probably haven't no. played one since 2007. I, when I got my first apartment, I dusted off the PlayStation 2. I bought MLB 2007 or 2008. And yeah. I was like, man, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to recreate the, the exact roster that the Mets have. I'm going to trade for every guy. I'm going to play the whole year. I probably paid three games. And I was like, you know what? This is past me. Now, you want to talk old school Nintendo back in the day? I talk yeah. old school Nintendo. I don't get the video game thing. And it's it's just one of those things. It's not it doesn't appeal to me. If it does for anybody, I hey, you have fun. Have a day. Enjoy me. It's just never been my thing. Video games. I don't know. Just never clicked. OK. OK. And um, and uh, which I don't want to take up uh, too much more time of yours because I'm so grateful for for uh, for like the time that you've given me. But but I'm asked like a couple more questions yeah, yeah. before like we go. And like the first is, is that um, when it comes to things um, like faith, uh, which like me. Please keep this in mind that I'm a former atheist turn youth pastor. So I see things from both sides. Um, where do, do you stand? Are you a man of faith? Are you a man of science, logic? Where do you stand? I grew up Catholic, practice okay. Catholic. My daughter just uh, received her first communion a month ago. So, uh, you know, when it comes to faith, I mean, look, I you know, believe in God. You know, I'm, I, like I said, practice my religion. Um, don't go to church as much as I probably should take the children. But, you know, it's one of those things. Again, it's like uh, religion's kind of like there. And I'm kind of like here. I, I, I believe and I practice when I can. But. It's one of those things. I don't let it kind of, you know. I'm trying to. Say, I don't want to. I'm not trying to say something incorrectly. It's Are there, and I and I and I appreciate it, and I definitely uh, believe in my beliefs that I've had since I was a child. But it's mm -hmm. nothing I usually bring to the forefront. I don't know. It's weird. I just don't. Uh, I don't. I don't really talk about it much. But I'm Catholic through and through. You know. All the good stuff that goes along with being Catholic and hearing all the bad stuff that goes along with it, too. But, hey, what are you going to say? Can't make everybody happy. Well, like, the thing is, is that um, here's some wonderful news for you. You don't have to go to a building for uh, for you to have church. 
as long as you have two or more believers with you, that's technically church right there. Me and you, like right now, this is like a definition of it. So I mean, don't feel bad that 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 like there's Saturdays, like there's Saturdays and Sundays that you miss, because like the honest truth is that I work most Saturdays and Sundays, and then I normally sleep in. So I mean, you're not the only one. So I mean, like the thing is, is that don't let no one make you feel bad over it um and like just don't let no one tell you that you're wrong because you are entitled for you are entitled to raise your kids as like the best way as you feel uh, on top of you can believe what you want so i mean i just uh, i just don't think about it to be honest with you i mean there's just a lot of it's there's so much going on in my life you know, and there are so many things I got going on. It's just not something that I sit there and, you know, lament over or think too much into. You know, I grew up the way I grew up, and that's the way I've always been. <laughs> you know, I just I I find it funny. We had a uh, we had a friend who was a pastor. Um, he did a non denominational church, and you know, he's mm-hmm. very passionate about everything. And when we would start to talk, and you know, it'd be a lot of faith based stuff. I'd just be like, you know, like not that I'm. I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but like I kind of got nothing. I, I don't know what to talk about. You know what I mean? Like I, I really, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like what you believe that's that's cool, and if it gets you through the day, then that's awesome. What I believe, I I believe it, and I don't know. I don't like. I don't always really talk about it very often. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Like it's become such a, a big thing. These days, yeah. you know, you, you, everybody's got their own set of like rules you got to follow. And I always kind of go with the if it makes you happy, you do what you got to do. I'm just going to keep oh, yeah. doing me over here. And that's that's how I like it. Well, um, one thing that you, you, John and Shane have kind of rub, rubbed off on me on is the first off being truthful, being true to who you are. And for the love of God, we need to call out all these snowflakes that <laughs> yeah. think that that think that first off that they are entitled to the whole entire world with no work involved. Then on top of that, they okay okay. Since when, with us growing up, did we have safety rooms? within our schools like to go to when the, when somebody hurt our feelings okay sorry mm. but you're going to deal with bullies you're 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 going to deal like with controversies it's called deal with it <laughs> grow with it and yeah. grab a helmet because life's not fair yeah. so uh i just uh you guys like just rub off of me like so so in in such a good way, like with that. So like, That's thank cool. you for that. No man, I appreciate again. I appreciate it because uh, it's fun. And Shane brings the best out of us. I, I will say, you know, it's really uh, it's easy to open up when you're talking to him because he's uh, yeah he's he's uh, he just <laughs> I hate to steal a line from Enzo, but he's the realest guy in the room when he walks in it. Oh, so oh yeah. Um. Uh. Speaking of Enzo, uh, him and a. Uh, Big Cavs, they were just on the Howard Stern show. So I mean, oh yeah, oh, very nice. 
Yes, yes. So like you, you like we're talking about like working like for Howard and yeah. stuff. So I mean, yeah. like that got me thinking about that. Oh, that's cool. Anyway, oh yeah, I saw, oh, yeah. I saw Enzo uh, over the weekend at the show we did in Philly at the ECW Arena, and I say what you will about Enzo uh, and his antics, you know, and his music, which is if it's called music at this point. But uh, <laughs> I saw how he was with the fans, and the guy was one of the most impressive. Uh, interactive guys I've ever seen meeting meeting his fans, and that was that took a lot for me to kind of like be like, you know what, wrestling is wrestling, and here it is. You see him one on one with the uh, with the people, and uh, I was very impressed. But it's cool he was on Howard, man. He's perfect for Howard, you know. Howard oh, yeah. needs Howard needs good guests, and I guess Enzo is probably going to be the best they can have. Enzo could end up being a new whack packer at this point. Good God, yes. And, uh, and in, which like, the thing is, is that like with Howard, uh, what happened to uh, 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 Artie Lang's nose? I'm just... <laughs> Cocaine. <laughs> Good God, man. Cocaine. Were... And... Did you work with Artie? Um, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Every How... day. Okay. Okay. Did he struggle while you were working with him? Not while I was working with him. Maybe he did when I I didn't see him, but showed up for work every day. Um, If he was shooting something, you know, we knew where he was. But no, Artie was the man. Uh, Every day he wears Yankee shirt and I'd say something to him about the Yankees and He'd see my hat. He'd go, oh, you stupid Mets hat. And I go, shut up. You know, like take your Yankees shirt and walk down the hall. You know, it'd be that kind of thing. But, you know, Artie was the man. Unfortunately, you know, the nose thing is uh, dealing with a lot of bad people and doing a lot of drugs and getting punched in the nose. It's going to make your nose collapse when you're uh, when you do a lot of drugs, you know? Oh, yeah. And um, like my favorite character from like the Howard Stern show, like was Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, one of one of one of like my favorite episodes of Nitro of all time <laughs> yeah. was whenever Russo brought in Beetlejuice yeah. and he got the Steiner recliner from Scott Steiner and yep, yep. It, it, then Jeff Jarrett slapped the living crap out of him like with the guitar and I'm like yeah. oh my god no that was good Pretty that cool. was yeah that was uh, that's classic man yep yep so I mean just like and it's sad that like there's so many people that want to talk crap about Russo but but like even at like his quote unquote worst those nitros were better than anything that's on TV now yeah so I, I haven't I seen him in so long, man. I mean, I, there's a few that stand out that I can remember, but I haven't seen like a consistent block of them in 20 years. So <laughs> I don't remember. I remember more of the stuff from the Attitude Era, the 98 WWF. I mean, I could watch that all day long. I remember everything. I was so consumed in it. But after it hit a certain point, like I just, you know, there's stuff that leaves the old brain after a little while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And doing the oh, shows yeah. as much as we do, you got to remember so much that, yeah, some of those nitros outside of like you know Beetlejuice and uh, the night with the legends when they came in and uh, fought Jarrett, you know that's really that uh, the NWO uh, Millennium, whatever they were called with Bret Hart. Like I remember that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, there's <laughs> there's so much wrestling I could fit into this you know this noggin up here. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and um, really quick, like my second to last question and. Uh, that is, um, 
where do you want to be within like the next five years? Like where, where do you see your family going and where do you see your podcast going? Both of them. (sighs) Podcasts. I don't know. I mean, who? (laughs) that's the ultimate question. I mean, we, uh, you know, we just did our episode 400 this past week. We've got our next dusty roads tribute show coming up. Um, on our next uh, published episode, five years, man. I don't know. We could be doing it on the podcast form. We could be doing it on the radio for all I know. I would love to do something on the radio eventually. Um, I've always been on the precipice of uh, working in some shape or form uh, on a radio station. I'd love to do that. You know, I always say by the time I hit 40, so I'm starting to close in a little bit on that, you know, getting closer. Um, but I don't know, man. I just hope for the family. I just hope we're we're still happy. We're healthy. You know, we're all in one piece. Um, you know, we have our our hopes and dreams that uh, you know I'd, I'd really love to see come to fruition. But in five years, I'd honestly, uh, it's it's almost cliche to say I'd like to be in the same spot, but a little more successful. You know, who knows what could happen? Um, being able to move the Triple Threat podcast like we have over to the brand. It's a cool move. I mean, and it's something that I'd like to see if we create more shows, which we've had in the past, you know, the opportunity to create other shows. I think now is going to be the time to execute some of that with moving triple threat. It gives us a little more wiggle room to publish more content on our regular feed. And in five years, I mean, who knows, maybe, uh, maybe we're running the show doing our own thing, you know? Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. And like, um, what went into uh, you guys finally making like the jump to uh, like the R- Russo brand? Um, I had sent a feeler to Vince uh, around the, the beginning of the year, and maybe a little bit after the beginning of the year, and just said, you know, was this something that you'd be interested in? And uh, we got to talking about it, and he was definitely interested, which was great because I just see him and Shane as being a good mix, being paired together, and I really like the lineup that the brand has to offer. And I think that Shane fits in really well with that. And, uh, you know, I, I want to make the show a little bit more exclusive. You know, I want to make it that, Hey, if you do want to hear this show, you got to join this service because, uh, this is the franchise. And a lot of people get on us for Shane's audio. And the, the one kind of the argument I use is this, look, it's Shane Douglas. Okay. He's very set mm-hmm. in his ways. Yeah. I get to talk to him. You don't. You get to listen to him. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those things where I'm not going to bust the guy's balls and tell him you got to do this. You got to do that uh, or else we're not going to do the show. If he wants to do the show, he's doing the show however he wants. Now, we're in, integrating video and that's been a chore because he wants to do the video. We just can't get it right. So that's where we're kind of uh, working on some kinks on the back end. OK, um, what uh what are you guys using? Like, um, is it Skype? Um, is it like the Google Duo? Like, uh, like Google Hangouts? What are you guys using for like, uh, your no, videos? We, we, well, we use Skype generally to record, uh, but with moving over to the brand, you know, we had been told use the Google Hangout. It's easier, and uh, it is very easy, and it works great. Except we're just having some connectivity issues when it comes to uh, Link and Chain. And uh, John and I tested it, and we were like marveled, like, "Oh my God, this is the new dawning of an era for us." We look great, <laughs> you 
You know, we're uh, making sure we're, we're presentable. And Shane, again, he's all in. It's just a, the the one time that we were ready to set and record him. He was just having a whale of a time getting in. And uh, I had to do this absolute Frankenstein job of uh, record the video on the Google Hangout and record the audio on my regular audio recorder and then bring it together to sync it up so you could hear Shane because you couldn't hear him on the Google Hangout. And uh, the sync was off by like a quarter of a half second. And I was like, what, what am I going to do? I, I tried my best. <laughs> if you want to listen to it, listen to it. It's not aesthetically pleasing because you have to listen and look at me for an hour and five minutes. But we tried. We're going to keep on trying. And if you like Shane Douglas, you like the franchise, you'll wait for us to get it all worked out because he's ready to do more. You know, we've talked about maybe doing a Patreon and having him review old matches and go a little bit deeper into stuff. Um, but it comes with time. And if it all works out, it, it, it'll be really cool. And I just hope people who do listen, give us a little bit of time because we've been doing audio for four years. You know, what do you want from me? I've been doing audio strict. You know, now I'm transitioning into video. My God, give me a couple of weeks to get it straight. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for the special edition of Inspired with Christopher. We got one member down uh, of the triple threat, two to go with John and Shane. And uh, guys, um, I hope that you, 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 you guys got to hear a side uh, of Chad that that uh, you wanted to hear because myself – I love hearing stories like about what makes these great people tick. So um, if if you guys want to support Chad and John and Shane, please, please, like for less less than a cup of coffee per week, go to like the Realm Network, Vince Russo's brand. On a weekly basis, you get to check out the Triple Threat podcast and the the, the most down and dirty, realist, most uh, uh, honest podcast in the whole entire world for pro wrestling. So, uh, and then let's say you guys are being a little bit of cheapskates. You <laughs> you do have another you you do have another opportunity for John and Chad and that and that is with like the two man power trip uh, 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 of wrestling so so, so, so I, wow i'm nervous tonight guys thank you so much for joining me on on uh, on inspire like with Christopher on the re, re, reality check network and uh Chad Thank you so much for you going out of your way to just uh, spend spend time like to shoot the shit and just um and be there, man. So like, thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure. I appreciate it. Appreciate all the kind words. It was a lot of fun. You know, like you're uh, you're very passionate and keep up the great work. It's uh, it takes a lot to put this stuff together. I know it better than anybody. So you keep doing what you're doing. And uh, when people don't listen to your show, they can come listen to mine. That works. So, hey, guys, if let's say you're tired of listening to me, go listen to Chad's show. OK, because you'll be highly entertained and very informed. So 
what more can I say? All right, guys. Thank you so much. God bless you. And join me next week for like the next edition of Inspired with Christopher.
And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.